Hey you, yeah you, the hot looking badass transhuman standing proud, crank it. You're listening to Trans Talk Raw. I'm the long-haired lioness, Nikki Marie Dawn, and I'm with my co-host, the cat-loving blonde, Terry Ellen. We're a couple of trans survivors, rocking the airwaves, bringing you our lived experiences, opinions, and a ton of info about being transgender. This is episode 27, and today's show, we're talking about easing into transition. Lots of ladies dive right in, but others have to take things slowly. At the start of transition, many girls want to make changes to their appearance and to help with dysphoria without going full-time due to their specific circumstances. Okay, hot humans, let's get things started with Rep the Cat being a major terror. Meow! Quit! Bite me! Shit! Damn four-legged... Little yeah. feline thing yeah, really. diving out there and biting the heck out of you. I have a friend who calls him Osama for Osama bin Laden. <laughs> he's, he's a little terrorist. <laughs> all we need is another one of those in the cat world now. Oh my gosh. And that? Mm-hmm. So, okay, so tonight we are talking about. Punch the recorder button. I did. I I already punched stop. the cord. Talk about stuff. I got I got the whole stuff thing and stop everything else. Stuff. So we decided. Stuff. Yes. Stuff. Well, we've decided tonight that we're going to talk about something a little bit different than all of the shit that we have been talking about to stop. kind of break up the monotony of everything. And tonight we have yeah. And tonight we have a request in from a uh, trans woman that wanted Sinner. to know and find out information about what they can do at the start of transition. So in other words, kind of that blending. Run away! Run away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, not run away. Yeah. Anyway, to um, talk about the what they can do from a dress, apparel, all of those types of things to slowly move, yeah. say, from... Little thing. Uh, being a male situation to kind of an androgynous sort of thing and all of the little tips and tricks and any of those kinds of things that you can go into and then moving into more of a female mode. So I or think... Or just go more. <laughs> what's that? Do what I did. Yeah. Mm. I was either either guy or either girl. I was I was never androgynous or... Of course, a lot of that had to do with, you know, being bald and being very follically challenged. I never had a male fail because, uh, you know, being bald, you automatically get red as a guy. Right. So. Yeah. And I, I guess. I never could do those ease into. Yeah, it was either one or the other, and that was the way it was. Yeah, it was one or the other, and that's the way it was for me. It was either, you know, wig on or wig off. When the wig was off, it was guy mode, so. Just couldn't, you know. I couldn't do the other because because of that. You quickly, you're quickly figured out as something, mm-hmm. and I don't quite work, unfortunately. But if you got hair, like you, Nikki, so blessed with a full head of hair all your effing life, uh, you can do that. You know, slowly grow your hair out longer. You can. Uh, slowly change the shape of your brows. 
you can start electrolysis, which is something I highly recommend to, especially if you're, you know, male to female, to start electrolysis as early as possible because it takes freaking forever. And the earlier you can start, the better it is to get it done. So you're not shaving freaking forever as a woman like I seem to be. So those are a lot of the, you can, you can trim your arm hair. Because I know, you know, as most trans women, we notice, notice how hairy guys' arms are. And we notice how not hairy women's arms are. And, uh, you know, some trans women will shave their forearms, just shave them completely. Mm -hmm. I, don't rec I don't recommend doing that. Because then you'll have a total lack of hair. Total. And if you're kind of going back and forth, or easing into it, a sudden disappearance of a hairy forearm, you know, may may raise a red flag to somebody. So maybe just kind of gradually trim it back. Because once you go on hormones, that's going to take care of a lot of that. But initially, initially, I, I wouldn't shave because I've never seen a woman yet that had no hair on her arms. Yeah. No cis woman is bare on her arms. Right. They have some hair. And it it you know can vary. I've seen some women with fairly abundance of hair on their arms. Oh yeah. You know. And so um I advise anybody, even you know, going the androgynous route or whatever, how far they want to go, to pay attention to those in their area and try to assimilate as best as you can, even if it's by degrees, slowly getting there. You know, it's kind of like boiling the frog. The frog doesn't ever know really how hot it's going to get until he's dead. So, you know, you kind of boil the frog with the people around you and slowly, slowly make incremental changes to when you do go full-time, it's, oh, oh, okay. We figured something was going, you know, figured something was going on. We just... Didn't know exactly what. And see, I was the exact opposite. Like, and, and to, like right now, it's funny that you say that because I can't grow a hair on my arm if I tried. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, now it's very, very fine. Yeah. I, I never, ever shaved my, my arm hair, mm -hmm. you know, trimmed it. I had a, uh, like a beard trimmer that you can adjust the height. Yes. And so I trimmed it back. So it wasn't long. And then over time with hormones, since I wasn't um, doing it by steps, but I was certainly having body changes going on during this time, I just slowly just trimmed it back so it was shorter and shorter and shorter mm -hmm. <laughs> as it got finer and finer and finer. So by the time I went full time, it was, you know, like any other woman's arm pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, my hair was never that long. Uh, my even my arm hair when I so it's it's interesting on this conversation because I did live both sides of the fence throughout my whole entire life, and I was jumping around all over the place. So um, I have lots of actual things that I used to do from an androgynous. Now, firstly, uh, because I grew up in the '70s, it was the rock and roll era, and of course, I went to mom immediately and said, "Mom, can I grow my hair long?" And she said, "Going glam." So I I never like a rock kind of thing. 
Yeah, and so I've never had short hair. This is what you see is what I've probably had since I was like 15, 16 years old, maybe 17, because I was starting, I, I did post up a pic uh, that when I was four, 13 or 14, and my hair was about just below my ears and starting to grow. And then after that point, I never cut it again. Um, and I knew my mom knew that that was the reason why I wanted to grow my hair out. Um, so it was pretty obvious to her, but she said, ah, the heck with it. But from an androgynous perspective, I can remember um, wearing sport bras, not actual bra bras, but wearing a sport bra, um, because obviously there was no real cup or anything. And of course, it, I, it gave me that feeling and that, that need and helped with a lot of the dysphoria. So I would wear that. Um, but the only other thing was, so I would wear, um, as I got older, uh, I would wear like uh, try and get Lululemon shirts or something, the tight ones. And I'd wear, wear that actually with a bra on. And of course, it was obvious I was wearing a bra. Oh, well, yeah, if you're wearing a tight shirt. Why is this much bra than an yes, you know, So again, it just really depends. Are you, How you much know, do you want to stand out? Exactly. Right. And where do you see yourself fitting in that spectrum at that point in time for transition? So if you're just starting out with transition, then, and I have clients that I suggest this too, is to buy that sports bra without a cup. You know, um, if you're going out, make sure that you're wearing, you can wear a little bit, say, looser shirt so that it's not obvious that you're wearing something. As soon as you start to wear anything with a cup, I mean, then it's pretty obvious that you're wearing uh, Yeah, that, that's like a red flag. Right. You know, it's like, okay, you're, what's going on? You know, you're going to get questions and you're going to get weird looks. It just depends on, and there are some who want attention, who like to push the envelope and all that. But if you're just looking, <laughs> and I did, I did not... I did <laughs> all the time. Because when I was in that my transition process, I was out in the field all the time. You know, geologist, I was a field agent, oil and gas industry, and I was out a lot by myself. And you never knew who you were going to come up upon on the boonies. And so, yeah, I wanted the least amount of attention as possible for my own safety's sake. And so I wore a binder. Instead of a sports bra, I wore a binder to keep the girls flat as I was blossoming under the estrogen. I did not want any indication to show that I had breasts. You know, and of course, um, about that time, I separated from my wife and I was any time that I wasn't at work, I was I was living as a woman dressing all that. And so. I was going back and forth between binder and bra and binder. <laughs> right. uh, so, but, you know, wearing, you know, panties underneath your jeans. Mm-hmm. Um, there's women's jeans you can wear that look a lot like guys' jeans. You know, what they call what, mom, mom's jeans. Mm-hmm. Anywhere there, no, nobody's going to know the hell they look almost exactly. No, they don't. Yeah. A difference between the two. And so you you can do that. You can incorporate female clothing into your attire that doesn't look just a hell of a lot different than men's. It's cut a little different. You know, if you're going to wear button downs, that's going to be obvious because they button down on the opposite side of, of men's. Mm-hmm. So you need, you know, just depends on how far you want to go. How much do you want people to see? And one thing to keep in mind is a lot of people don't say shit. 
you think they do and you think you're just like an alarm beacon walking through a store or whatever and that everybody's eyes are on you and they're not most no. people are so caught up in whatever they're doing that they they're not going to notice you unless you give them a real good reason to notice you so you can feel secure in some little things no. you know you could buy women's shoes if you want to add some color and uh, things like that. You can wear hose underneath your jeans or your slacks and panties. And if you wanted to wear garter, garter and stockings and that kind of thing, you can do that. So there's a lot of little things you can do to give you that little bit of feminine, you know, spirit uh, that you know you have on that can make you feel a little sexy or a little daring or or whatnot, and then slowly increase that as your transition goes along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, there's, there's lots of options there. Um, you know, it just depends on what you want to and what you don't want to do. Um, I know uh, you can do that real androgynous look if you want to, if you want to push that envelope, you can, and you've already described a bunch of things that you can do hiding without having to actually come out because then you can still wear, you know, the male stuff on and that. Another thing, when you get home, you know, what is your home circumstance? Are you allowed to be able to wear something? Even when I, the funny thing was, is even when I was, um, you know, with my ex staying, you know, living together, we were still sleeping together, all of that. um, I used to wear the Lululemon bell-bottom tights. And they were like full on women with the stripe down the back and the whole bit and everything. <laughs> and I, I wore those all the time. I still you left in no doubt. You left no doubt. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. But the thing was, that's what I felt comfortable. But yet in turn, I was still holding guy form most of the time. So it just ended up being that, you know, that's one of the things that I always found too was I could ease things into the, the situation and then start to wear those things. And then it was comfortable for me it was comfortable for her it helped me out it and you know I wasn't then at that point putting on makeup and I'm not doing a bunch of the other things so it was like okay well you know so what so you wear freaking women's lululemon tights in the house big deal right so I would wear those I would you know and even then I started to really push the envelope probably at about age 40 where I would go out with literally um you know a bra and lululemon top a nice tight lululemon sort of uh, a jacket and that still holding and looking male, but just looking that way. The other thing I used to wear too was the Puma run, Puma runners, you know, and they were the very slender type oh, yeah, runners, yeah. Um, and looked very much, but they were both very androgynous. But yet in turn with me, if I wore those with my Lululemon tights, oh, I was feeling like awesome because I could see myself um, very much in that androgynous started to push towards that feminine rail. And, you know, I, I mean, I can remember sitting in restaurants with my wife and she wouldn't say anything. And it was, you know, she knew what was going on. But I would have other women beside me sitting at another table looking right at me and smiling, you know, <laughs> they knew full well what was going on. But I just, my face and all of that was, you know, I even still had facial hair and stuff. So I was really in that androgynous state. So there's a wide swing of what you can do, but I do totally agree with you. Electrolysis, I think, is if you're not even transitioning yet, but you know you will be transitioning, electrolysis and laser, number one, I put that right up at the top of the list. Oh, God. And just do your face. Do not do your body. No, don't. There's no do sign. not. You know, if that's an issue, 
later on, that's fine. It'd be a hell of a lot finer to deal with in time with, with hormones and hormones will get rid of, I'd say 90% of your body hair. I mean, most, not, not everybody. Of course, your mileage may vary. It's the mantra we have in our community. Uh, but hormones do an amazing thing to body hair. It's amazing. Way more than I ever thought it would. My back hair disappeared just, oh, I mean, my God, like in six months, it was gone. I was mm-hmm. like, wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Well, it, it, once, you know, and that's the, once you do have your GRS, obviously it's totally different because now it's like, I could don't even have to shave my legs once every maybe three weeks. And that's just a tiny little oh, bit. Yeah. Of well, I had that before GRS. It was already, yeah, just, you know, I, I so, can't even, I have to get really close to looking at my legs to even find hair. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, okay. You know, I'll do it. If, you know, in the summer, but I shit, nobody can see it anyways. What's especially if tanned, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I don't get stubble, I don't feel any stubble on my legs. It's just, I have less hair on my legs than my wife did. It's generally weird, right? Yeah, and you know, um, I use bigger legs, you know, wearing long pants or whatever. Yeah. Well, I used to wear. You know, a biker and you, uh, you know, less hair means less uh, air resistance. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could look swimmers, at Swimmers, you know, swimmers would, would shave yeah. their hair as well. So you can always claim a legitimate excuse for for doing some of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, other things that I think you can do too. Uh, so the, definitely facial hair remover, I think it's really important. You can actually start working on your voice right away. Oh, yeah. Start practicing. Constantly going back and forth is hell. It is tough, but yet in turn, when I, you know, even with myself, I still work on my voice a a fair bit, you know, and I try to get pitches up and all that sort of stuff. At least, you know, but if you start early, you can get that beat because obviously you know as much well as I do, you know, when you are practicing a lot, it does put strain on your on your throat. I know take breaks. There should be breaks there. You don't push it and keep pushing it and pushing it because you can actually hurt yourself if you do that. Oh, yeah, just like any muscle that you're yeah. training, overuse, injuries. You don't want right. to injure your vocal yeah. cords. And so, and I think, you know, prior to going full time, if you're still going with the male voice at times when you're in male mode, I think it's more likely you're going to injure something because you're instead of just switching up to a higher range, you're really stretching out that range. And it can be a little detrimental to your vocal cords, so just be really careful and cognizant of that. Yeah, um, so those are, those are two that I would really suggest, we, we really suggest doing. Another one that I suggest too is uh, start practicing your mannerisms. You know, some female mannerisms and that sort of thing. If you're doing the full transition and you know that that's where you're going and you're not staying in the realms of the other areas in the spectrum and you know you're going full, mm-hmm. then those are other things that you should practice too because those are all things that take time to get used to in your body to just start to do it naturally. You know, talking with your hands, you know, crossing your legs. Oh, yeah, a lot of that just comes. I didn't have to do any of that well, yeah, <laughs> I know some do though. Some as yeah, else your mileage may vary, and it, it is 
to be really cognizant of your own uh, mannerisms and your own how you, you know, you some way have to study yourself of how you talk and how you move and, and all that. I know, you know, I in male mode, I was constantly policing myself not to do, to those, do those things, things. Yeah. yeah, not to do them in male mode. That's then there's that because as you transition and hormones affect your mind and they affect your body and you lose your repression and stuff just starts coming out and you get to be you and, and you get more feminine without even realizing it. You know, these fails, these male mode fails that you read about from other people, that's part of it. It's because your mannerisms are changing and how you talk is changing and how you smell is changing. So all these subconscious clues are coming to people and they're subconsciously reading you as female. Yes. I was, in, you've seen it, Nikki, you know, you see these, I was in male mode today and I got mammed. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're uh, like, definitely. Yeah. It's kind well, of a I, ding, ding, ding. Here's yeah. your sign, darling. You need to start thinking about going full time because it is coming whether you're ready for it or not and you need to be ready. Right. Now, now saying that too, though, there are lots of individuals that don't have that occur. Like for me, it was very right. natural. I've been doing it since I was a child and most of my stuff. And my wife would always get mad because I had the really long hair like I do now. Um, go to a restaurant. If I was wearing my androgynous stuff, I would say 80% of the time to 85% of the time, it was always, a, oh, what can we get you ladies today? And then they would look at me and go, oh, I'm sorry, sir. And then it was like, no, you had it right the first time. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. but again, and my, my ex would always say that to me. We would go shopping. And, uh, you know, I was, it's always funny, right? You can always tell. So she would, she would say, oh, I got to go into the store. And I said, oh, I'll come with you. Right. You can see the little group of guys waiting for their wives outside the store, right? That's who's <laughs> And me, what am I doing? I'm like bolting right in there and I'm like <laughs> checking out all the fashions and everything and I'm looking at stuff and all of that. And she goes, you know, she says, you really fucking pissed me off. And this is when she started to really get mad at me because I was starting to look female quite a bit. She says, you just look like every other woman from the back. She says, the only way that I can tell you, it, tell is like by looking you at the front. And then, of course, that was when I still had some of my male features and stuff like that, right? Um, but it was always funny that way. So, again, some individuals don't have that um, automatic that where it just kind of kicks in. There, I know of numerous individuals that still, you know, walk like guys, even though they're fully dressed. They still I know have, some women that walk like guys. <laughs> I know, and, and that's the women, thing. And so there's no right or wrong when we talk no. about this, because whatever you feel comfortable with, that's the idea. But we have been asked to say, okay, well, what are things that you can do if you're going for full transition? Well, that's, you know, and you can pick and choose whatever you like to. Another big one that I find that's so important to, especially being out in public, is posture. You know, and, and I, I say it this way. Shoulders back, tits out, and that's the way it should be. And that's the way you walk. And I mean, when you do it that way, did you know your shoulders like shrink by an inch and a half to two inches just by taking your shoulders from this position, which I'm very, very square, to then taking them back? And it's like all of a sudden, it's like, holy crap, where'd your shoulders go? Right? In a lot of cases. Now, with that too, you have to remember, and the reason why I bring up that posture side of it as well is 
is that remember transition is a long period of time it's going to take two and a half or three years before you're fully and even yeah. saying that it can go five six seven years is when they really say that yeah, transition continues, right but the idea is is that you know to have the correct posture to have your shoulders back when you're walking and those kinds of things these are going to be all things that that help because it takes a while for the hormones to shrink the muscle mass that you have a long time yeah, and it is a long time. You know, for in my case, it was probably well over two years before I started to, you know, and I, I was taking measurements all the time, journaling. Well, my everything. body's still ongoing. I mean, it's amazing to me the changes in my shoulders, especially since GRS. Mm. Uh, and even before that, I mean, just the constant and that keeps going down. It's not just, you know, oh, in two years I'm done and, and that's it. I mean, it depends a lot on your musculature and how you start and how you're built and whatnot. If you're really slender to begin with, you're going to lose it pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I wasn't. So mine has taken a bit more longer to to go. And I'd like more of it to go. (laughs) Well, you get that husky. I mean, you know, because there's lots of individuals and, and that's the way it is. We, you know, when we are in that wrong, uh, we're, in, we're in our old selves, mm-hmm. you are husky, you are muscular, you are, that's just the way you are, that's the way you're built, that's the way it's all about. And yeah, it's gonna take two or three years in order to be able to make changes. Um, I look at myself back then, and you know, even my ex, and you know, she would look at me back then and say, "Yeah, like you don't look anything close to a woman because you're too stocky, and your shoulders and your chest is big, and you know, all, all of that." And I'm sitting here going, "Ah, should I just go and grab the gun now and shoot myself?" Because you know, this is really helping me out a lot. Listening, to I, this. I know, yeah, and you know, my wife, you know? Told me that too. you're not, you're not built yeah. like a woman. I was like, no, yeah. So it takes time. Now I am. <laughs> yeah. So again, you know, another thing that can help too are fashion, the, the apparel that you wear, mm-hmm. um, you know, or your friend, right? So you can wear a lot of stuff that is, you know, you wear certain, and I'm I'm going to say this, like for me, I was fortunate. I was a gazelle uh, right from the get go, basically, even though I did have some muscle mass and all of that sort of stuff on me, I could still get away with wearing a lot of feminine stuff and it, it looked okay on me. Um, so, but the thing that I've always found is, um, I always, even back then when I would wear certain things, I would always try to find if I was going to wear anything in an androgynous way or that, or starting to shop in the female, the women's department, but yet in turn, not all the florals and not those types of things, but plain colored things Mm -hmm. was to have the waist tailored. And then at the very bottom of the waist, having it kick back out and fan it out a bit. So that gives you the idea that you've got some hip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So those are other ways to do it. And that's probably at the midpoint of transition when you are starting to go full time and you do want to now appear that. We'll we'll shrink your shoulders. Yes. Yeah. You know, Um, so, and other things, I guess, too, that you can do, obviously painting nails. That's another one you can do. Um, You know, I thought I was... I don't care. I, I, I would say for the last 30 years, I've had at least clear coat on my nails, even though they were oh, short. You can print, paint your toes. Yeah, you can paint your toes. So you those, know, those are things you can do. 
colors or whatnot being seen. You can do color code on your nails, your your fingernails. Mm-hmm. But you can have whatever color you want on your toes because unless you're wearing sandals, you know, if you're still in guy mode and you're wearing, you know, closed toe shoes, which is, you know, pretty much standard wear for most men, you can have whatever color you want on your toes, mm-hmm. you know. Um, if you have a significant other, like a girlfriend or a wife, you know, they're going to see your toes, but probably I just go, well, I, I won't color on my toes, my toes, you know, you got to play that, uh, that game though, you know, that can be a real, you know, issue with your significant other. Yeah. So there's, that, that's the other thing too. So you can talk about, you know, what are the things you can do if your mate knows or mm-hmm. is somewhat forgiving in letting you do things? And then there's the situation where your mate doesn't know and yet you still want to try to move forward. So, you know, that's where the electrolysis yeah. comes yeah. in. That's where, yeah. you know, um, and even saying that, you know, grow you can grow your nails out a little bit if you want. Just keep them a little oh, more yeah. better manicured and stuff like that. Somebody questions it, just, you know, you just say, well, look, I just, I hate my nails splitting all the time. So now I'm making sure that I take care of them. Another big one that I want to mention too, that you can do right from the get-go and not a lot of guys do it, but skincare. That's something I think is really important, making sure that you're taking care of your skin, keeping it very, very clean. You can get serums and stuff like that that you can use on your face to keep your skin soft, to start to you know, give it that more vibrant look, that more youthfulness and youthful look, because trust me, even if you're starting younger, you've got a much better chance at it. I mean, I've been doing it for probably 30 years, 25 years. I've been going to Shoppers Drug Mart and I grab my serums and I get all of that, you know, and I, I cleanse my face very, very well and make sure everything is really clean before I go to bed, you know, that. So it's, and it's a good thing to do is to have that good skincare. So that's something else you can do that, you know, I mean, it's, I, I call it, that was part of my manscaping <laughs> what I would call it was manscaping. So the manscaping would be on the weekends. I would be like totally shaving my entire body. Um, my manscaping was every night for facial cleaning, making sure all of that was done. Um, always making sure my nails are really clean. Always wanting to make sure that my nails were nicely filed, you know, and not growing them long. I'm not talking about growing them long, but they would be, they're not like cut right down to the skin like most men do, but I, and I would let them grow a little bit. Like there was definitely whites there that you would see, but, you know, do that. Um, you know, another thing I started to do too, um, you know, I would wear foundation. And just a, not nothing major, nothing dark, something that matched your skin color like you're supposed to do with any makeup. Even as a woman, you don't go and get a completely different skin color, you know. Yeah, um, you'll see the demarcation along where it stops. You exactly, know? right? Really obvious. I've seen it on women. It's like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and I saw it as the guy noticed it. It's like, oh my God, you, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> so a little bit of foundation goes a long way. So it softens up your skin. It makes you feel better. You can look at yourself, you know, those kinds of things. You're going to need, and I suggest this too, because if you're going to start electrolysis, you're going to be looking awfully red and a little bit of foundation that you can put on those lips or something like that. That's going to go a long ways in order to be able to, you know, keep things hidden if you are having to try to hide them 
or even, you know, tinted sunscreen. There are sunscreens that have like foundation that you can use. And that's another, you know, especially if you're young to wear some foundation or something with an SPF to uh, protect your sun from getting further sun damaged. Yeah. Sunscreen is totally imperative. And, you know, you can even get foundations with like SPF 40 in them. That's what I was just saying. Yeah. You know, so or you can get sunscreens that are tinted like foundation. So there's this kind of a right. So it's a match of the two. Yeah. You know, as to what you want to go for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you know, growing hair, I think is important too. Um, the problem with that is, is that if you are still in a very you know male office environment, growing your hair out, it's probably going to put a lot of red flags up. And you know, purely because of the fact, it's not so much that. You know, any guy that would be growing their hair long, even if they weren't trans, would get shit if they weren't looking uh-huh. professional, right? So yes. So that's, that's a tough one, um, you know. Mindful of whatever dress code may be yeah. in place where you work. And and another thing, too, is, um, you know, we can talk about hormones. Um, if you, I guess you got to look at it this way. If you know you are transitioning and there's no question, but it's, you just, you need to start to do something. Um, you know, there's a lot of options there. You can go and you can get your naturals that are out there if you want, um, you know, or you can it has to be colored. You can get acrylics. You can, I mean, get natural looking acrylics and short ones. You can get short ones to yeah, have on your nail. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then hormone wise, yes, you can do hormones. Um, you know, you can start with that. Um, you know, there's lots of things out there that are on the natural market that you can do. Um, there's Venue Creek, there's Red Clover, there's oh, yeah. Wash, there's uh, Milk Thistle. Um, <clears throat> those are some of the primary phytoestrogens that are out there that will give you a taste. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you can. Yeah, and uh, the other thing is too, like in Canada, um, you know, you can buy estrogen gel right off of the internet. And if you want, you can start doing that. Um, the only thing I suggest with that is, is if you are going that way, that you should be doing blood work to make sure that you're not going to be overindulging. Um, and you Which don't would be difficult to do with the cream. I mean, you'd have to buy a lot of cream. Yeah, you do have to buy a lot of cream. Over-the-counter stuff, you'd have to buy a lot of cream. Yeah, and like, well, I've been doing gel right from the very start, and I actually, you know, started quite a while ago on gels, the gels, um, and I'm still on gels. And uh, you're talking about the the over-the-counter stuff. That's going to be a lower concentration of estrogen. It's actually, I can go to Canada Drugs. I can go to Canada Drugs right now and get the exact same stuff that I'm being prescribed. Without a prescription? Without a prescription. Really? I can't, yeah. can't do that in the U.S. Yeah, you can do that here. Um, you don't. There's not an issue, um, and it's mostly for menopausal women. That's what it yeah, is, and yeah. you know that's that's why it's there. It actually can be really good for your skin too. Yeah, so put it on your face. Yeah, uh, especially the lower the lower uh, concentration stuff can mm-hmm. be can be a really good facial cream. Yeah, but so want to soften up your features. Right. So if you do want, if you do know you're transitioning, hormones are a great thing. You can start them right away. Um, nobody's really going to notice. Yeah. If your levels are low. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ramp up slowly over time so that yeah. you're not developing more quickly than you want to. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because trust me, if you're still uh, now, the other thing is too the downfalls to that is, uh, you know, uh, erections are going to kind of go by the wayside, and it's going to be a little bit tough uh, if you're expected to still perform in that manner for the wife and that. So it's something that you have to be aware of, and that's also with naturals too. You know, so you have to be very, very careful with that. But if it is something that you know you feel that you need to do and, and can start. Um, I mean, I, even on gels, I could still get an erection for quite a while, probably right into the two year mark, but everybody's going to be different on that too. Um, you know, but again, uh, the, that part of it, you know, when they say, well, what can we do? Well, obviously if you do hormones, you get a real good taste of it right at the very beginning of transition. And if it's not something that you like, then you haven't gone and blown the shit out of your entire life realizing that, oh, maybe this isn't quite for me or maybe I'm still trans, but I don't need hormones. So it's something else that I, we suggest for people to try, you know, and see because it's oh, yeah, a bit experimental. You know, to see if you're like a classic transsexual hormones, you're going to like them. If you are, you're going to like them a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if you're, you know, truly transgender, where you want to transition from one gender to another, you're going to like them. It's going to make you feel good. It's going to help your mental health. Uh, it's going to be calming. It can be euphoric. It'll take away. If you didn't think you had dysphoria, you may learn that you did because the estrogen will take away a lot of it. Right now, and you'll go, oh shit! <laughs> yeah, and I didn't realize that's what that was. You know, <laughs> yeah. There's that. So there's the upside to that. Mm -hmm. Then there's also the downside to that, because once you get a taste of it, and things oh start God, to yeah. change, then your whole mannerisms and everything else is going to want to go with that too, and you're going to want to. And and I've noticed too that once individuals start their hormones it's pretty much, oh, pedal to the metal now. Because now it's like, oh, I yeah. know what this is like and everything is right and I want to move forward with it. So again, mm -hmm. it's got a lot of benefits on one side and it's got some detriments on the other because the other thing that we need to mention too is those emotional changes that you're going to go through. Like as much as it stops the libidos and it stops the, 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 um, uh, you know, the aggressiveness, which it does, it also brings in other. It may, it may, it, as far as libido goes, it can change your libido. Yes. From being a male-driven, if you're, you know, on both sides of the coin, you'll go from a female libido to a male libido. If you're a trans man, and as a trans woman, we go from a male libido to a female libido. Yes. And yes. desire for sex and how you want to have sex will change what your desires for and you know you have to expect that and it's not like what it used to be you know well it's it's interesting we talk about that and it's a little bit off topic but i think now that we're kind of on this hormone thing just real quick it's, <laughs> i think i think one thing that i find the most interesting yeah uh, one thing that i find the most interesting about hormones and about going through transition, um, you know, and it doesn't happen to everybody, that's for sure. But certainly, um, 
quite a few individuals that I've talked to that have had the GRS and have gone past GRS by a year or so. Um, there was quite a few that I've talked to that were like, no, no, I'm a lesbian. No, no question. And then get on the other side of GRS and it's like, uh, <laughs> you know what? Um, um, I'm maybe. sorry. Yeah. And then that may, that maybe starts to come in and then that, Oh, you know, so I know quite, you know, quite a few that have gone and done the, now I'm bisexual and right open to to doing it. Uh, But again, it would take that certain individual, Uh, you know, what about you, Terry? Uh, Yeah, there's um, been some of that. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm probably more bisexual now than I was uh, before. Not that I've acted on any of it, but yeah, there is certainly attraction for certain men that is there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, another thing that, you know, you're going to go through, that there is that possibility and chance. It doesn't mean that it's, you know, for sure. And if you're at the very start of your transition and you're listening to this, probably... oh, yes. Not just GRS. I mean, I oh, had some oh, of that yeah. prior. So, yeah, sexual fantasies can change. Your mind goes places where you didn't think it would ever go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you need to be prepared for that. And you yeah. may want your partner to do some things that they never did before. And they may be going, you know, where'd you learn that? Why do you want me to do that? So it hits every facet of your life. Yeah, it does. Think just wearing some frilly clothes every now and then. Well, it's a serious business. The transition is serious, and people have That's to realize that, that it's serious. So you mentioned another thing, too, about footwear and stuff. I think always you can almost get away with wearing women's shoes in the sense of, like, if you're wearing, like, runners and stuff like that, you can get away with that. So that's another thing that you can do if you want to start to ease into things and you're not going to get too many looks by it. But when you start to think about it, when you start to put the overall package together, so now you're wearing, like, you know, uh, women's runners and you're wearing, you know, um, androgynous clothing, Mm-hmm. You you know because that's really where the stage is. If and if I was to describe it a certain way, that if people are looking to find out ways to start to move forward with transition, all you have to do is search on the web for androgynous clothing, and you're going to see a ton of stuff that comes up. And you know, there's all varying types. There's some stuff that's quite more feminine for guys that guys wear. There's, and yet, in turn, you see women wearing stuff that's very close to what, you know, men wear on average. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a wide range of stuff there. So, I, you know, one of the things that we would suggest is just that. If you are looking to start that process, and again, don't spend a whole lot of money on this because don't if you go full, yeah, you know, but that androgynous look is very much kind of, and, and in this day and age, shit you know most heterosexual guys are still dressing in androgynous clothing and that and i mean you know that was a great thing about oh, yeah it's a lot more prevalent these days whether you're trans or cis or non-binary whatever gender identity you may uh claim for yourself 
there's a wide assortment of clothing that you can choose from to express who you are. If you're ready to do that, mm. you know, if you're in an area where the binary is very, very, you know, prevalent and any deviation from that is automatically noticed and commented on, you need to be careful. Parents, parents means a lot, you know, to other people and who's in your community, where, where do you live? Uh, you know, New York City is one place, little town in Iowa, that's mm-hmm. something altogether different. Uh, so you need to be aware of that and how much attention are you going to call to yourself? You know, looking a certain way would be no big deal in New York City. And Iowa, you're going to be like a screaming siren. Are you ready for that? Yes, you can have all the personal liberty you want to do so, but you need to be ready for the consequences that come with that because they can be serious depending on where you are and where you live. Well, even when you say that, you know, if you're in New York City and you were dressing a certain way going into the office all the time and all of a sudden then you start walking in and looking at androgynous and it's kind of obvious, it doesn't matter where you live, you're still going to be like, hold it, wait a minute, you're different. Why are you dressing this way? And you're going to get it because if other people have known you for such a long period of time. What I was talking about is your community, whether wherever that community is. And you can have a community at work. You can have a community afterward. Yeah. Yeah. And so there are times when the two do not mix. And, you know, you need to be cognizant of that as to how far you can stretch a boundary and what little thing you can have, say, at work. That's a very conservative, you know, straight-laced place of business. You may not be able to get away with anything mm-hmm. unless it's under your clothes. Yeah. Because... Women do that, can wear very sexy lingerie underneath their business suits and nobody knows but them. So that is one way to express some personal uh, style that just nobody else sees unless you want them to. Yeah. Another thing that I think is important too is um, now that we're talking about this and you start to change your looks and your appearance and you know that there could be that possibility of somebody calling you out. Another thing that you can prepare to do is to start to make sure that you've got that. Um, I'm, I'm going to call it the, the coming out letter, which is not the best way to do it, but you should have something in your mind already pre-developed of knowing what to say, because if it, if it hits and you have to talk, it's better to be prepared and have that all in your head and exactly how that's going to go down, when, especially if you're not ready for it. Because, you know, I, I know... If that's the case, then it needs to be a deflection of some kind. Right. So when we you're talk about... ready to come out. You're not ready to go there. You need to be prepared with a backstory, so to speak, I guess. Yeah. Or something. So what kind of backstories do you suggest? Ah, it could be that you're having, you know, depending on your age, you're having a, a middle-aged crisis uh, and you're just, you know, trying to recapture a bit of your youth and you were just trying some things for fun. That's a good one. No, that's a good um, one. If you're younger, so your 20s, and you show up and forgot to take your nail polish off, 
you can say that, oh, well, you know, my girlfriend wanted to try out some colors and she didn't want to change hers. So she, I let her paint mine and I forgot to take it off. Because it's best if you actually have a girlfriend. <laughs> right, yeah. Go, oh, well, we'd love to meet her, you know. So you need, you need to be prepared for all these little uh, eventualities and have a story to back up something that will explain this, uh, you know, deviation in your clothing. Mm-hmm. And be prepared in it, not just off the top of your head, you know. Well, uh, you Come know. out the the problem, you know, and I agree with you completely that you should have some something fallback that if you have to try to, you know, get around. I mean, it's annoying. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing that I always. Oh, it's no big deal. It's just you know. I just, yeah, but I, I I have to admit I tell my everybody that I talk to I kind of say you know what, in this case usually honesty is the best policy because if you start to dig yourself in a hole with a bunch of other stories that can usually catch you in the ass. No. But and yeah, and it needs to be simple. Don't it does, you know yes. a lot of layers yeah. on it. You know, very right. short and sweet and um, something that know. nobody's going to call you on. Basically, yes, yes. You know, and if you laugh about it and have some fun with it, although you're going to be hurting inside, and I know you will be because it's not. This is you can't just do that humorously. But you're going to have there again. It's something else that you have to practice. Is that if you do oh, get yeah. called and you're not ready to come out yet, and you, you get called on it, you better have a good something to come up with in makeup. order to be able, you know? Making sure you got all your makeup off before you go to work. Yes. If you spent the weekend as a woman, like I did, mm-hmm. and go to work in that period of time where I was living half and half, oh, yeah, it was very much on my mind to make sure I had no makeup on that Monday morning when I went to work. Eyeliner, mascara, shadow, blush, foundation, lipstick, all that, you know, good scrubbing in the shower that morning with a washcloth just to get anything I may have missed the night before. Because I didn't want anybody to ask me that question of makeup on my face or eyeliner. Or a bit of mascara. I yeah, no, didn't didn't want that to happen at all. Yeah, so that's another good good. I did point not have on. a good you know backstory for it. It just wasn't not for me. Not you know, fifty something years old. That just wasn't doable for me. The, the only day that that would work is if it was Halloween the night before. Uh, yeah, that'd be the only time it would That's work. That's the only day that that would work. Is that if you yeah. lost some makeup on, so yeah. you'd probably laugh and joke and go, oh, yeah, well, you know, I was in a costume party last Oh, yeah, night. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I just, I had a, you know. But, yeah. I went out and I just really, you know, put it on thick last night and I thought I got it off or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that don't work on in June. <laughs> no. You can only go to so many masquerade parties, you know, and have that as, as an excuse. And, you know, that uh, quickly starts raising red flags and people start to wonder. Yeah. Another thing, another thing you can do is all of your research, you know, you can look at, okay, what, what's required to do my name changes, what's required to do, you know, all of this, find out all of it so that you know exactly what you're doing so that when you are, pushed into transition and you're finally going and working at it, 
you got all your preliminary work done. So all your ID changes and everything. You can start to look at what GRS surgeons are. And well, you don't want to change your ID until you're ready to go full-time. Because once you change your legal name, you have to inform your employer. Yes. Yeah. That's just, else your Social Security is going to be screwed. Mm-hmm. Here in the United States, other countries may have something similar, some sort of ID number that, you know, you're going to have to change your name to fit because your other name is no longer your legal name. And that becomes an issue with loans and credit cards and uh, checks. Mm -hmm. How do you cash a check that's in your old name? Well, and that's that's the big one there, right? It's making sure that you have all of your, you know, ducks in a row sort of thing. Um, it's yeah, even funny you that you mention that. Be so, because that that going full time and changing your name need to occur generally within a short, short period of time with each other. Yeah. So put get your list together. Yeah. So yes. I suggest get a list together. You know, put all of the things down that you think that you're going to have to do, like that's credit cards and passports and driver's licenses and birth certificates and, you know, in social security cards in the U.S., social insurance numbers in Canada, you know. Going full time, my name was the first thing I did. Didn't mm-hmm. go full time, was changing my name. Yeah. Everything else comes after that. Your passport. Social Security, driver's license, all your accounts, all that comes after changing your name. That is the first thing to do when you are going full time. And that takes preparation to do it because you've got to submit a form. You've got to go through some things. You may have to go before the judge. You're talking it might take, I know on mine it took two months to get it done. And so if you got a date, I'm going full-time on, you know, November 5th or whatever, you want to make sure that you've got all that done and taken care of so that, boom, you're ready to hit the ground running on that day you have picked. Mm-hmm. And it's all done with a place of employment. They know they're on board. You've talked to HR. They, you've informed your bosses. Everybody's on board. Everybody's ready to go for you to show up you know, as a man or a woman, whatever you're transitioning to. This takes a lot of planning. Yeah. It's not simple. Yeah, and that's it's so important to make sure that you've got all of this in a row. So that's another big thing that you can do. And even though you're not changing your name right away, so long as you know all of the things that you have to do and you have that full checklist. And have this. Yeah. What you're going to go through, that is very handy. Talk to people who's done it in your area where you live, you know, to get their feedback and their advice on doing it because they've been there, done that. What do you need? Who you need to go see? What did you run into? What do you think? I did. I questioned and talked to people who had done it before I did. That is the best way. Yeah, you can do it by yourself and you can figure all this out. You can. But sure as hell helps to talk to somebody who's done it right yeah and i think i think that's i think we've covered just about everything eh? can you think of anything else no that takes us all the way up to going full time so that's you know going from just putting your toe in the water to this is it showtime you know 
So yeah, I mean, all that's a lot in just in about an hour's time or whatever what we co- we covered. And of course, we're always here to answer questions. And if anybody wants some further onto a particular stage or clothing question or makeup or whatever, both Nikki and I are here to answer questions or guide you to a good resource or where you can go. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're always happy to do that. Obviously DM through Twitter or Facebook or anywhere else. You can always get a hold of us. I think most of you can find us. (laughs) Oh yeah. You can find us. I'm I stick out like a sore thumb all over the place. So all you got to do is just type in Nikki Marie Dawn and you're going to find very quickly. Really pretty. Yeah. So, so anyway, thank you so much for uh, tonight's uh, coming and listening to us again on tonight's show. Um, we always very much appreciate it. I think we got everything covered that we needed to, but if yes, we no, missed anything, we... ask away. We're always here for you. So have yourself a wonderful evening, and we will talk to you again next week. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening to Trans Talk Raw. This episode has been brought to you by TransgenderLifeCoaching.com. Please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Time for us girls to party. Join us again for our next episode of Trans Talk Raw. Bye.